0: Hey guys, welcome back to the OG of the HRC way news. They ain't telling you. Let's get into the quick news because as always, I got a lot of it. So here we go. First and foremost, Johnson and Johnson officially has their COVID vaccine is approved and will be ready to go very shortly. The difference with this vaccine and the two others thus far in America is that there is only one vaccine. Now, how effective it is, is is all over the place so we'll see how that ends up um there was some drama with Lady Gaga and her dogs her dog walker was shot while she was walking her dogs and the dogs were dog-napped I guess you would say um and Gaga offered a $500,000 reward no questions asked the police said actually there has to be questions asked because by the way your dog walker was shot thankfully he's okay and he's recovering Um, But someone returned, a woman returned her two French bulldogs uh, the other day, and they are safe and sound back in Gaga's hands. And I'm not sure if $500,000 was exchanged, but questions will be asked, I'm sure. I mean, to shoot a dog walker for Lady Gaga's dogs, (laughs) it's a crazy story. Um, The COVID bill, America Rescue Plan, has been passed in the House with the $15 minimum wage However, that will die in the Senate and the bill will pass hopefully sooner rather than later. I'm going to get into the $15 minimum wage here in a little bit. Um, Governor Cuomo's got some more trouble brewing his way. A second former aide has accused him of sexual harassment. Um, I'm going to get in deeper with that a little bit later. Um, This is turning into a big story. He has gone from limelight to Uh uh-oh in a very short period of time so we shall see Mr. Potato Head is losing the mister he is just Potato Head now and okay uh (laughs) more than a dozen Republicans stated the other night that they had health issues and that's why they couldn't be there to vote for the COVID bill and then magically they got better and they attended CPAC over the weekend so that's great um, I'm not going to be covering anything about CPAC because I think it's an absolute waste of time. CPAC, T-PAC, whatever you want to call, I could care less about anything they have to say. Um, I will say this though, Donald Trump has started to fundraise as of the beginning of CPAC. Fundraising for what? I have no idea, but he's under that umbrella of I'm going to raise money and make believe I'm going to run in 2024 and then keep all your guys' money. Um, President Biden has reopened a Texas facility for unoccupied manors who cross the border illegally. And he also has said that it won't be open for long. So one of those camps that uh, Trump opened to keep these kids who were unoccupied is now reopened. Um, A lot of heat for that. And just so everyone knows, President Biden has already deported 30,000 people. That's a larger number than Barack Obama's numbers um, in the beginning of his presidency. He, of course, deported more um, undocumented undocumented immigrants than any president in the history of our country. So Biden is also on that fast track. Um, Parents around California are mobilizing and demand that schools open. Um, Many schools across the country have opened, but still we have in the blue states, Washington, California, New York, sh- schools are still shut down. President Biden has come out and says that schools will be open by May, which is a little bit confusing because most schools end at the end of May and beginning of June. So they go back to school for like two weeks. I have no idea, but I am a, I am a bit, I am in favor of teachers getting vaccinated, you know, school administrators getting vaccinated who work you know, in these environments and getting our kids back to school because there's a whole plethora of reasons. You know, kids need to eat. Kids need to get out of the house. You know, parents don't have daycare, can't afford daycare. Kids are going to be behind. Um, There's a lot of reasons. So the teachers union have definitely had a hand in why schools have been shut down for as long as they have. Um, So vaccinate the teachers and let's get these kids back in school. Um, this is a story that I guarantee you probably don't know about that. I, that I'm sort of, my mind is blown. Um, Jackson, Mississippi has gone two weeks without water. That's not a typo. Genuinely gone two weeks without water. This is an ongoing problem that they've had in Jackson, Mississippi for years now. And no one's ever seemed to do anything or when they do do something, it's a bandaid. And now people have no water to take showers, no waters to drink, nothing. And I see little to no coverage on that. So, I mean, maybe like Biden should get involved at this point. Possibly. I don't know. Two weeks without water is is unacceptable in America. That's like a third world country problem. Um, President Biden is also facing heat for his non-response to the Saudi Arabian prince, who has been confirmed now to have killed the Washington Post journalist. Um the the you know the media is going ballistic CNN Jake Tapper Dana Bash all of them are going in on President Biden on why he's not doing something to respond and um you know President Biden doesn't necessarily have the best response he says come Monday or Tuesday we'll hear more so I have no idea and last but not least China is officially charging 47 protesters due to the fight to keep Hong Kong free and fair. So, um, yeah, China is has been zoning in on Hong Kong for quite some time. And, you know, they want to take it completely over once more. So keep an eye for that. All right, guys, let's go a little bit deeper, shall we? Okay, so... Uh, I think we are slowly losing the Como Superman cape here, guys. Um, a second woman, like I said before, has come forward. She's a former aide. Her name is Charlotte Bennett. She's 25 years old. She resigned from working for Como in November. Um, he apparently at one point asked her about her sex life. Um, he, she, After that conversation, she went to his chief of staff his chief of staff sort of brushed it off and transferred the girl to the health policy department and he she couldn't take it there was also a a situation with him I believe where he um he said how lonely he was he was just the two of them and he was sort of insinuating that you know he wanted to sleep with her and that's when she had enough and she resigned Um, He's also facing, of course, still the heat over the nursing homes of how many senior citizens have actually passed away. How many didn't? What did he know? What didn't he know? So he has that scandal sitting there as well. Um, He's also accused of threatening the New York City mayor and a state lawmaker, Ron Kim, Many of the Democrat state senators are calling for his resignation. They've been trying to take away his executive powers, emergency executive powers away since the nursing home situation. Of course, his father is one of the most beloved governors of New York, Mario Como. Um, I mean, I think every Democrat Republican reveres him extremely high, and he was very close with President Clinton, and President Clinton actually wanted to make him a Supreme Court justice. And Como said, please, no. So for whatever reason, he didn't want a background check. So his son has sort of had a silver spoon in his mouth his whole life. And he's definitely been a bully. When I hear these accusations, there's nothing about it that I'm surprised with. But the first woman that came out, Lindsay Boylan, please forgive me if I said your last name wrong. um, She wrote an essay, a true essay, um, like back in the day essays, on Medium And she released it. And I highly recommend everyone to go and read it. Um, I went into it with an open mind. And her main reasoning of coming forward was not to take Como down, but to make sure that this doesn't happen to anyone else. And she wanted to show other survivors that, you know, coming out and speaking your truth is, is what matters. She has multiple, multiple occasions here where he was highly inappropriate with her, including a moment where... And I quote: um, As he showed me around, I tried to maintain my distance. He paused at one point and smirked as he showed off a cigar box. He told me that President Clinton had given it to him while he served as the S- Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. The two-decade-old reference to President Clinton's affair with Monica Lewinsky was not lost on me. So, I mean, we all know what that applies—that Monica, of course, and Bill Clinton um, had that infamous moment in the Oval Office with a cigar. So he knew what he was doing there. So it's incidents like that. And there was one incident where he actually kissed her in front of another person. And she also says that at least when she resigned finally, at least two other women had come forward to her and said the same exact thing had happened to them. So he's he called for an investigation. Como has. However, (laughs) the man that he has called to do an independent investigation is a formal federal judge. And the Como family is really tight with them. So that's not going to work out. The media got a hold of that. And now they're, they're announcing um, that they're going to do a true independent investigation. President Biden has now come out, um, the press secretary, and said this needs to be, a, these are serious threats or serious accusations, and they should be taken as such. So even the president is slowly backing away, considering just a few months ago he called him the gold standard of governors. Um, we're talking about a guy who, again, wrote a book in the middle of a pandemic about how to get over a pandemic all while the nursing home situation was going on and his state was struggling immensely. And the other thing that people don't talk about with Cuomo that I, I want to talk about, um, I guess people don't want to talk about Cuomo because he's a Democrat and we're not supposed to talk about Democrats in a bad way. I guess that that's what it is, but I don't roll like that. So, you know, Trump did send him and turn the Javits, gave him permission to turn the Javits Center into a massive hospital. And he did send him one of those huge medical Navy ships. And he only sent they only sent like four people. And this was at a point when in the summer when things were just out of control in New York. And all of New York was shut down and all of that. And he didn't do that. And that's really when the nursing home situation. He was sending all of the seniors into the nursing home. And he had the Javits Center. And he had this ship just sitting there. So I think there's a lot going on and because it's not only just one scandal I think that his days are numbered and I think that anyone who is defending him with these women but were livid with Kavanaugh with the one woman of course the brave Dr. Ford we've got to be fair and equal here and we've got to look at the evidence presented. Both of these girls are telling stories that sound so much like Como that you go, okay, like, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty in this country. That is absolutely true. But there's a lot of accusations here. And what tends to happen with these is that one leads to the next leads to the next leads to the next, which I think that there are a lot more women throughout his career that he has been this way with because he's grown up in a political household and he's kind of gotten to do what he wants to do. So it's officially on all the covers of all of the even the liberal Huffington Post and Politico and Daily Beast it's there. So this is a, this is a story that I think is not going to end well for him. And like I said, I think that Superman is slowly losing his cape. Okay. The fight for 15. Um, this has been going on for quite some time. I want to first and foremost say period point blank. I am 100% all for raising the minimum wage. 100%. You hear me? Okay, 100%. So don't think that I'm covering this in a way where I'm not supportive of raising the minimum wage. 100%. The fact that it's $7.25 is the federal minimum wage and it's raised literally $4 in the last 35 years is pathetic beyond words. Now, a lot of states are close to the $15 minimum wage. California passed a law three years ago, and there is a gradual upkeep, which by the end of this year, we will officially be $15. Massachusetts is about to be a $15 state. New York will be a $15 state by July. The big states with very populated states will be at $15. Now, a lot of corporations have stepped up their game. Costco is going to be $16. Um, Target and... One other is $15. Uh, Walmart's like $12. So corporations have slowly stepped up. Now, uh, what I want to say is that, like in California, when you pass a law to change the, the minimum wage, it's a gradual change. So if, this, if $15 was passed federally today, we wouldn't see that increase for three to four years. That is a fact. So all of these people who are making these huge demands of it has to be in the COVID package, it has to be in the COVID, it has to be done right now. I say like, why does it matter if we do it now or two months from now? We are not going to see the $15 spike until three to four years. And then it'll be continuation of spike according to their idea in the house bill. So California is at $14, like I said, will boost to 15 by 2023. New York is at 12.50, $15 for fast food worker will happen by July 2021. But let's talk about Vermonts because the big the, the chair of the budget committee, who this is his big baby is the $15 spike and him putting it into the COVID bill instead of doing it as a separate bill. This is his job as the budget chair, Bernie Sanders. His state of Vermont, their minimum wage is 11.75. Their tipped wage because if you're a waitress in some states and you're considered a tipped wage, they, can, they get out of paying you the, the wage of the state. So the tipped wage for Vermont is $5.88. Now my sister lives in Texas and she's a waitress and their tipped wage is like $3. So she never sees an actual paycheck. She lives solely on tips. So when I brought this up, I brought this up on Twitter the other morning and like, as usual, I got a whole room full. What I'm saying is he's been in Congress for 30 years representing the people of Vermont. He, at least the last five years, has been talking about the fight for 15 non-stop, but yet his own state is at 1175. Now, a lot of people say it's not his problem. It's local politics. Talk to the local politicians. Yes, they passed the laws for the state. The state legislators passed the laws for the states. But let me give you an example here. Dianne Feinstein... I know, my favorite out there. She has been fighting for a hike in minimum wage for Californians for the last 15 years. She said that California should always be above the rest because of how strong our economy is and how large our economy is. So she has fought and backed state legislators who have fought for 15, you know, fought for 10, fought for whatever it is. She has said and given her support. I Googled today and I don't have a single article about Bernie Sanders fighting for 15 or backing the state legislators in the fight for 15 So So he's, what he's asking and demanding with this $15 being in the COVID package, which it's not going to pass in the Senate with the $15 in, um, what he's demanding and what his supporters are demanding has to be done right now. He doesn't even have back home. And people say things like it's not his job. It is his job. When you're a senator, you represent the state and the people of your state inside the federal government. Another example, Feinstein has fought tooth and nail for California wildlife, California lakes, California oceans to be kept clean because she's the California senator. So should she have not done that? Should she only focus on quote-unquote federal laws? No, that's why you have senators and house members to represent your district and your state. So, I mean, you guys are probably going to come at me, but my, also my entire thing is why is no one talking about, okay, so what are we going to do to help small businesses if we make the federal minimum wage $15? Hillary Clinton, when she was running for president, understood that if you have $15 in rural areas, it's going to kill these small businesses across across the states. So she did a tax incentive. And she says, if you rate as long as you have your minimum wage at $15, you'll get a massive tax break at the end of the year. So you get that money back. Now, also what I find to be interesting is why is the $15 minimum wage hike even in the COVID bill? I understand why it went through the House. It was sort of like to make a point. I get that, that we're fighting towards $15. But why people are having a hard time to understand when businesses are going under and barely able to put food on the table for their family, why are we talking about a $15 hike? I get that the minimum wage, again, must be raised. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying we're not looking at the whole picture. I would much rather have a, co- have a bill that is solely just about raising the minimum wage. We can take care of the small businesses to make sure that they don't sink. We can hold corporations accountable. We can give tax incentives. We can do all of that in a gorgeous bill that we can pass even six months from now, and you're still going to take three to four years to get to that $15 mark. And then we'll continue on with gross because they're saying they want to make it faster that the minimum wage raises within over a 10-year period, I believe it is. So all I'm saying is, where does the line stop about this fight for 15 and the COVID bill and blaming Kamala Harris and blaming, you know, uh, the Senate parliamentarian and All of that, like where does this stop? Because the way that I see it, the COVID bill must pass. There are people who are anxiously waiting for those $1,400. There's people who are waiting for funding. There are people who need help. There are small businesses across this country that need help. This COVID bill must pass. Senator Manchin and Senator Sinema have made it clear they will not vote for this bill if the $15 minimum wage is there. We've already set the bar so low with this bill that you only need 51 votes. Now, again, this is on Bernie Sanders as the head of the chair of the budget committee to get this bill passed. So why isn't he going to mansion? Why isn't he going to cinema and negotiating? That is his job. Literally, this bill is his job because this bill is part of our budget and he is the chair of the budget committee. So again, all I can say is that No state across America has $15 minimum wage. It is unacceptable. I agree. But holding the holding the whole country accountable for something that's not even happening across the land is so confusing to me. Bernie Sanders state is not even at $12 an hour and he's demanding $15 for the rest of the country. I don't understand it. And I think that People need to have a better understanding of what actually is going on. And just because someone says, let's hold off on the $15 in six months from now, three months from now, and people are like, oh no, you're not gonna get a $15 hike uh, paycheck. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. Look at every single state that has announced that they've approved $15. None of them are there yet. And that each of them have passed that law at least three years ago. It's a gradual process. So I would rather actually do the process correctly then hurry through and push it through and pray to God that, that cinema and mansion don't kill it. Because if they kill it, then we have to start all over with COVID. And it has to go back to the house and then through the People don't have time for that. This is real life, this isn't a fantasy. So you guys should think about that. Daily Descent with OG of the HRC. So uh, February 27th, which was the other day, um, was Elizabeth Taylor's birthday. And I have been so busy in moving that usually I like post pictures of her. And I, because she is, if you, if you personally know me, you know, she is my everything. And she has been since I was about 10 years old. And there was just something about her. Obviously, she was beautiful beyond words. Um, I remember watching a Cat in a Hot Tin Roof with my dad. A brilliant movie that came out in 1958. Um, And if you haven't seen it, you should. And I just was like lost in her and her performance and her beauty and just the way she owned the camera. And she's opposite Paul Newman, who's one of the, you know, great actors of our time. And she just stood out. And I just became more and more and more obsessed with her. And I remember one day I was sitting with a good girlfriend and I have her book, A Love Affair with Jewelry because of course Elizabeth Taylor goes hand in hand with marriages and jewelry. And so it was my love affair with jewelry and it was all of her jewels, all its glory in this great coffee table book. And I was like talking to my girlfriend and I was like, oh my gosh, here's this. And I knew all these facts about her from every picture and I knew who bought her the jewelry without even reading the book. And my friend just slowly says to me, I think that you love her more than Britney Spears or more than any of them. And I was like, I think that you're right. I think that I do. And it's just been this nonstop sort of love affair. Um, When she passed away, I took it hard. I didn't know the woman. I didn't, but I felt like I always dreamed that one day I would meet her and I would just be able to tell her how important she was to me. But the reason that I chose her as the Daily Descent, not just because her birthday was the other day, but because I, I did this daily dissent with you guys where I said, be more like Dolly Parton in a, everything that you do. And I can say the same thing for Elizabeth Taylor. Now, just a backstory for some of you who may not know, but Elizabeth Taylor in the 80s, um, all of her friends were dying. All of her gay friends were dying from AIDS. And the government wasn't doing anything. President Reagan refused to even say the word AIDS at any point he'd given no speeches thousands had died at this point she knew Ronald Reagan from his days in Hollywood she knew Nancy Reagan and she called up Nancy Reagan then first lady and said can we have lunch let's have lunch I'll fly out to Washington DC and we'll have lunch and they had lunch and she told her she said if you got if if Ronald doesn't do something this will ruin his legacy and that's when Nancy Reagan and only in that moment she went oh No, 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 nothing can mess with Ronnie's legacy. So she convinced the president to give one speech, the only speech he ever gave on AIDS. And she was there that day. And she spent the rest of her life from that point on fighting the government, fighting around the world for funding for AIDS. She started her own nonprofit. When she started doing this, her publicist, her manager, her agent said, you will be blacklisted. Because no one wants to deal with what's going on with AIDS and no one. She says, what are you talking about? These are my friends who are dying. She was very close with Rock Hudson and he, of course, died of AIDS and on and on the list goes. And she said, I have to do something. I don't care about my career. This is bigger than my career. And it could have cost her greatly. Greatly. But instead, it catapulted her to a whole other level, to a point that in the 90s, she got the Oscar Humanitarian Award for all of her work for AIDS. But she was the very first to come out of Hollywood to say, we have a problem here. And that's really crazy if you think about it because all of the makeup artists, most of the wardrobe, they were all proud gay men. And their friends were dying, they were dying, and no one in Hollywood even was saying anything until Elizabeth stood up and said, no more. Now, Elizabeth Taylor is monumental in raising enough funds to get research to where it is to this day. She's monumental in getting the funds together to the medication to be where it is to this day. She worked with Dr. Fauci, the infamous Dr. Fauci in the 80s. He says she was monumental. She spoke in front of Congress with Speaker Pelosi, who was then a congresswoman. She spoke tirelessly. She went to Washington, D.C., I think, three times speaking about this, and she made a difference—a real difference—and you can't think of how many lives she saved. Because if Elizabeth Taylor didn't come out and say it, who was going to say it? Probably no one. So every day when I get up, I think I'm going to fight for what I believe in, even if it's not a popular thing to fight for. If it's the right thing. I'm going to fight for it. And that's what I try to do on the show, in my life, and everything that I do. And when I think of her, most people think of the movie star, the beauty, and she was all of that. <laughs> she was all of that and, more, and then some. Multiple Oscars, you know, every honor you could possibly achieve. She was even damed because she was born in England <laughs> and they claimed her. But what I think of is just this woman who did the right thing no matter the cost. And so I say to all of you in my daily descent, to always choose to do the right thing no matter the cost because the right thing always pays off and be a little bit more like Elizabeth Taylor in all you do. All right guys until next time make sure you check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok and if you want to listen you can listen on Spotify, iTunes, of course you can watch on YouTube. Make sure you push that little subscribe button. Until next time OG of the HRC signing out.